This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, league lovers and climate deniers, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nelson. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much, Cedric Espen Sump. AO torching the blindside blue paper once again. Uh, you can feel the crushing blast, the volcanic attack, and the outstanding, outstanding, that's right, I've used it early in the show this week, outstanding grunt and poke of the sumpster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof cave here at ABC Grandstand HQ. Australia, welcome to another bludge. It's HG Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week! What an incredible week! A week when too much sport is barely enough. And league lovers... Can you feel the buzz around Australia at the moment? It's just changed, hasn't it? You know, I think uh, I think the quote of the week was, you change the curtains, you change the country. And that's what we seem to have done and opened a new page in our sporting history. And uh, <clears throat> certainly at Rugby League headquarters at Manly, I know that's not a sentence I often say, Rugby League headquarters at Manly, but bugger it, I've said it. Des Hasler in trouble again for his comments. He now claims he can't remember those comments last week or so about the refereeing in the Seagulls' narrow loss to the Eels uh, at last weekend. Now, Des has form in this regard. He Remember, he once uh, suggested that league referees were Voldemort's. And I say this because Voldemort, in an abusive way, bobbed up in, uh, well, federal politics this week. And I'm, I'm, I'm not offended by it. Voldemort. So I think that uh, if referees wore the Voldemort cosplay role to perfection, that they would garner a lot of sympathy from the Australian Rugby League public. Incidentally, his latest spray has cost him 25000 Why so little, I ask myself? Why so little? 25000 for an outrageous slur on the refereeing power of the Australian Rugby League community. Still with league and re- decisions... Uh, well, Joey Johns has called for a complete rethink of the bunker. We'll get to that in a few minutes or time, but just let that sit there for the minute. And former Bronco and warrior Matthew Lodge shocked many when he turned out for a rugby union side, Brisbane North, this week. The league can't let this bloke go. He's far too valuable for mine. Could Matt become an ambassador for rugby league in the United States? I know it's a a long bow and weirder things have happened, but that's the great beauty of rugby league. Just weird things happen. Matthew Lodge ticketed to become rugby league's ambassador in the States. He knows the ropes, the legal system, how to grab attention and how to get things done. More importantly, the States know him. It could be a very tight fit. Matthew Lodge on Steve Colbert's show... With Seth Myers, I can see it all happening. Uh, I, I, I just don't know where it goes. Ellen DeGeneres, I'm not sure if... I know she's uh, celebrating some milestone in television. I'd love to think her first guest in the next show could be Matthew Lodge. Matthew, tell us about rugby league. Elsewhere, the AFL is awash with drugs again. Uh, I hadn't been thinking about this at all, but uh, it was Nick Rewalt, uh, the on-the-couch Nick Rewalt, who got me thinking about it. He described it as a massive problem. A massive problem. 
Hardly any player in the AFL is not high as kites while they're playing the game and living their lives. Witnesses say that the scale of abuse of drugs in the AFL is on a par with the night the cops broke into Bombers' garage and found gear everywhere. I mean, the gear was no longer in pill bottles or anything like that. It was just stacked in crates. That's how much gear there was. And now that's – Rewald says it's that on that massive scale again. Nick maintains the current drug issue is the result of a lack of clear pathway from play, for players from AFL home and away campaigns back to civilian life. As in there's no pathway. The only pathway is straight to jail. And the former saint, who's now in stir, accelerated his career – to the jail because he started driving truckloads of gear around Australia and uh, still with AFL. And uh, how the North Melbourne Kangaroos headed for Tasmania? I mean, whispers reaching me from the murderer's hip pocket suggest it's death or the penal colony for the ruse. I mean, what a kiss off, a final kiss off from the big bloke's eight year long reign of terror. The ruse in Tasmania. I mean, it'd be a f- fitting finale, wouldn't it? He'd swan onto the plane for the overseas trip to the IOC or wherever he's headed. Maybe FIFA, uh, the world game, could, uh, you know, accommodate his skill. Uh, but to send the North Melbourne Kangaroos south. Uh, still with AFL, where have the crowds gone? The numbers are beginning of, uh, to be a real concern. And it does raise the question of what are Australians doing with their own with their time on a weekend? I mean, before it was consumed by AFL, rugby league and so on. Meanwhile, Demons coach Simon Goodwin's, Goodwin wants a healthier umpire's decision after, um, well, he quote, cited the event of 63 free kicks given in the Hawks v Lions whistle fest in Hobart last weekend. 63 tweets is a record blow for the last decade. Uh, the tweet fest somehow sheeted home in AFL HQ to the shortage of umpires. Go figure. How come an umpire shortage, it means they're blowing more. And last night, 60 baffling decisions in the Tigers' swans. And I use that word baffling in its fullest sense. I mean, players of the same team are infringing their teammates to pull a whistle from the umpires. I mean, it's got out of control. Swimming and teenage sensation, Cody Simpson gets a seat on the plane for the world's idol, dolphin and the face of Maya. It's a very rare treble. F1, and it was chaos in Barcelona. Post-race organisers had to apologise for the mess and they should have. They should have done before the event got underway. It was a schmuzzle from the jump. Incidentally, where to now for our F1 champ, Ricciardo, Okay, it just gets slower and slower and slower. I think it started ninth and ended up 12th. I may have those numbers wrong, but that's uh, what I remember. Speaking of B-Town, the Barcelona FC took on the A-League All-Stars. And can I say, and welcome back to Sydney all night, Dwight. Uh, Dwight York, of course, uh, thrilled us all when he came out and played for FC, uh, Sydney FC all those years ago. And now he's back. He's coaching the All-Stars. He had two days to get the team together and did a wonderful job. Uh, I think he's uh, coaching uh, MacArthur uh, in the A-League uh, you know, next season. And Wednesday night, all the big names were there for a, a, a pulsating night of uh, the world game. I, I put it down to a night of nights for the world game. And uh, in the death, it was three to Barca and our All-Stars two. And they didn't look out of place on the world stage. I mean, sure, these these friendlies have a certain sort of fixture or flavour to them. You know, usually one, you know, the home team gets uh, ahead and then, uh, you know, maybe a couple of the All-Stars... Look as though they're setting the world on fire and then Barcelona come back and put them in their place. But we seem to have unearth a teenage sensation who's been hiding his light at the Central Coast Mariners. A lot of criticism of the event, as you'd expect. Traffic problems, 
public transport problems, poor crowd control problems, and endless food and beverage complaints. And Roy and I have been out to Stadium Australia, so-called, many, many times and have been forced to eat sandwiches past their use-by date, but there was nothing wrong with them. We ate them and enjoyed them. Uh, Many said they'd never go again, which is a sad indictment. The French Open, what is going on with Dennis? Alex D, the demon, goes down to Hugo Gaston. The D-man blamed the parochial French crowd at the end of the four-hour five-setter. Our heroic Aussie said the crowd was a joke. He maintained the French mob had learned a lot from seeing the crowds in action at the Australian Open earlier this year. He didn't mind the blue booze. And of the flares, the banners, and I've said in other media and commitments this week, the uh, D-man drew the line at the blizzard of phlegm that was hurled in his direction, which turned the court into an unplayable slurry of mud. <sighs> Where's it going to end? I mean, you know, do we just have to say maybe sideline the French Open and wait till it c- comes to its senses and then see how it goes on a, you know, on a as per basis scale, if you know what I mean. Just give it a tryout. If it's no good, put it on the sideline again. Sadly, John Millman was once again unable to release the inner Millman and was bundled out on the tricky uh, graveyard uh, surface that is Roland Garros. Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. Tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Now to get the blindside barge away from the wharf for another week, it's time to ask the man who gave the world the voice of hope to step up to the mic for another spray. The voice of hope is heard on bludging on the blind side and belongs to rampaging Roy Slavin. And this man, can I point out yet again, does not tiptoe around the joint. He does not tiptoe around the joint in the brothel creepers on eggshells. You can't make an omelette without cracking a few eggs. That's his position. He delivers rugby league truth straight up. No chaser. Roy, happy rugby league. Can we get the bl- uh, bludging bunny in motion for another week simply by asking what the highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully set, dude! Yes, thank you very, very, very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson, and happy rugby league to yourself and your family. Yeah, thanks, buddy. And happy rugby league to all Australians now living under the jackboot of socialism. <laughs> How are you feeling about it? Well, you've got to learn to live with it. Yeah, I suppose so. You've got to learn to live with it. All right, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this... Takes us. ...this ship of state is now floating. Where's it going to go? In excrement. Now, Harry Antitmus breaks Katie Ledecky's world record about bloody time. I've never been a fan of Katie Ledecky, uh, although I have appreciated the great um, uh, challenge she has set for the great uh, Harry Antitmus. But uh, I was hoping this, this record had been broken last year or the year before. It wasn't, but it's been broken now. So congratulations to Ariane. And that will just be a bit of an incentive, one imagines, for Katie Ledecky to get back in the pool and just try that little bit harder. Uh, Sam Kerr wins the Women's Super League Player of the Year Award. This goes very, very nicely with her golden boot. And what a year it's been. Mm-hmm. What a year it's been for Sam. Um... Aussie tennis sensation, that's uh, Alia Tomjanovic, takes out the world number five before sadly stumbling in the second round at Roland Garros, where I think we've just learnt that uh, Daria Seville was knocked out overnight and so uh, I don't think we have anyone uh, in the French Open uh, at the moment. And, you know, can I just say I don't care, I don't mind, because the French Open has always been a bit of a joke as far as I'm concerned. Uh it's played on clay, it's very slow, it suits your, your slow shot makers, it doesn't reward 
speed. It doesn't re- it doesn't reward touch. Mm-hmm. The ball just stays up, stays up, stays up, and it's a, a tedious, a tedious event. And I, for one, am calling for removal of the French Open as a slam. Would you like to see it played on concrete? Uh, it would be better. Yeah, no, I understand. Golfing sensation Jed Morgan. Now, uh, I know we haven't put the words Jed Morgan and sensation together ever before on this program. He's described as a bit of a Cam Smith type. Is he? That is a Cam Smith golfing type, not a Cam Smith uh, Eye of the Storm type. Uh, from Queensland, and he's set to take the US tour by storm. So if I were you, I'd pence put that name in your little book and let's see where it goes. Jed Morgan is the name. Uh, now, should the man they call Tiger, that is Tiger Woods, be allowed to use a golf cart? Um, the bloke's struggling. We know it. We know his, uh, his leg is just about finished. It was almost removed and may still well be removed. He's in pain all the time. He's in agony. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of fans, like seeing the man play golf. Mm-hmm. So uh, might the PGA look at this? I know uh, if he was playing for the Sharks breakaway Saudi show competition, mm-hmm. uh, certainly he'd have a buggy there. Mm-hmm. He'd have a golden buggy. A Wouldn't golden he? He'd buggy. He'd have a golden buggy. A golden bespoke buggy. Mm-hmm. For the man that Would he have up. to drive that round? No, it would have been driven for him. Yeah, yeah, for by his Do you caddy. think that's fair? By his caddy. By his Saudi caddy. Caddy. And, and caddy. caddy. <laughs> uh, a Cam Smith, that is not uh, either Storm Cam Smith, that's the other Cam Smith who's been uh, associated with in a similar style to Jed Morgan. A Cam Smith tee shot hits a South African competitor on another fairway on the head. Mercifully, the bloke was okay. He was shocked. Uh, it did uh, put him on the ground. He uh, struggled for a little bit. He had to have a uh, bit of ice wrapped around his head there for a little while, but he bravely fought on. As it's, a spectator? Uh, no, as a player. Incidentally, right. two fans, speaking of spectators, two fans were hit in the head in separate incidents, mercifully not involving Cam. It was a very windy day, and I'm wondering, should spectators now have to wear helmets when they're watching golf? They should. And... Uh, what insurance covers this? I know we've raised the issue of insurance before, but if let's say someone was to be hit in the head and killed watching a game of golf, could happen. Uh, who picks up the tab there? Who is responsible? Um, is the player exonerated? Is the player charged? Is the player charged with manslaughter? I just don't know. That's one for the lawyers to look at. But... Uh, the uh, the insurance coverage would be, uh, I, sp- I assume the the the, uh, the medical bills would be covered by the insurance that the competition the competition would have. I assume, I don't, but I don't know. I, I honestly Death, don't I know. Now, as HG has mentioned, this is it all over for Daniel Ricciardo. Perhaps it is. McLaren boss says that Ricciardo has failed to meet expectations, yeah, I saw and that. I would agree. I would agree. Now, I've always liked Ricciardo. Uh, I've always thought him a, a, a better driver than um, our uh, uh, DNF, Maestro. DNF Maestro Mark Webber. Mm. But their uh, their records are actually tantalisingly similar. They are, aren't they? Tantalisingly similar. Yeah. And if anything, I think uh, the DNF Maestro might have one or two more podiums 
than the man they call Ricciardo. I think that's right. I think that's right. And, uh, I, I, and I don't like that. I always thought Ricciardo would have been a better driver, but he's not. He's not. Should he go back to go-karts and get a bit of form in well, the lower no, the, grades? Well, no, I think the V8 supercars have reached oh, V8 out. V8 supercars. The V8 and supercars have reached, they've reached out to Ricciardo. <laughs> now, Nick Kyrgios... Oh, no. ...argues that Bernard Tomic is the most disliked athlete in Australian history. That's a big call. That's a big, That's a big, big, call. big call. But it's one we could consider. Now, Tomic has issued a challenge saying he has a better record than Nick Kyrgios's, a bit like uh, Weber and Ricciardo, one imagines, uh, and he's uh, put down a challenge, and the challenge is that they each put in a million dollars and play tennis, basketball and box <laughs> over three, you know, three Winner events. Winner take all. Winner take all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there'd be a lot of people who would be interested in this I'm sure uh, the man with the uh, feet under the desk over at nine, Sneezeby, would be looking at this. <clears throat> uh, I think a lot of a lot of people would be licking their lips. Is a, the boxing is a part of the donkey circuit? It, it could well well become you know, part say, of the donkey Gal circuit. Yeah, yep, SBW yep. on well, the Gal v, v Tomic. I'd like oh, to see that. Be, who wouldn't? Wonderful week for the greatest game of all. Stick calls for the bunker, the bunker's role that is to be reduced. Uh, Paul Kent uh, calls for the bunker to be removed completely. He's always out in a limb, Kent. <laughs> Graham Annesley is insisting the role of the bunker will be increased. So there we have it. Now, players... How could it possibly be increased? I don't know how it could be increased. That's the genius of Annesley, though. Well, maybe Annesley wants them to take a little more time. I often think bunker decisions are rushed. I do, and I think often when they're rushed, they get it wrong. I'd like to, to slow down and have a second and third look at some of these things. Do you think a system of referral yes. would be important there? Like a, the Bunker referral? I would like to see a second bunker sitting on top of the other bunker. So you have a referral bunker and perhaps a uh, more judicial bunker that sits on top of that. So you have three bunkers. You'd have the original bunker decision, then it goes to the referred bunker, and then to the supreme bunker. Mm-hmm. And then I think we'd finally get some decisions and, and you wouldn't get the, the coaches blowing up anymore. No. Because coaches are frustrated because they know the, the lower bunker gets it wrong. And they're crying out for the second tier and third tier bunker to ensure, <laughs> to ensure that r- rugby league truth is honoured. And at the moment, it's not. Everyone knows it. Mm. Everyone knows it. Mm. Nobody bets on rugby league anymore because you know it's corrupt. Mm-hmm. And fine. I'm prepared to say that, and I've said that to the NRL. You're corrupt. I've said to Vlanders, you're overseeing a corrupt administration until you get a second or third bunker. Anyway. Players are not playing the ball correctly. Oh, what? They're not, and they're getting away with it. They're getting away with it. Now, there is a, the, the rule is clear. You must face the goalposts mm-hmm. when you're playing the ball. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. No. It drives me it, crazy. Is it a send-off offence? I am. No, it's a penalty offence and I'm calling for a crackdown. A crackdown. Oh, I want to see players playing the ball properly. Oh. Often they don't touch the ball. With I, the know, ball. I know, I know. They not. just slip a trap between their legs. No. English style. The English used to do that. Yeah. Crackdown. Hate it. Crackdown I'm calling for. In bunker involvement? Well, and the second bunker and the third bunker. Well, obviously, obviously, the supreme bunker. Yeah. Yeah. 
Pain Haas. Mm. I tell you what, he didn't play too badly last night. He was sort of shamed into it because, you know, people Boos. booed him when he came on, uh, which got his, you know, got his uh, mind on the game. Fair enough. But if I was, uh, Kevy, if I was a coach, I'd get Payne and uh, I'd put Payne in reserve grade or flag just for a few weeks, just to cool the heels and uh, see how he feels about uh, playing first grade then. (laughs) That's what I'd be doing. And uh, that would happen if the Broncos had what I would call leadership, which at the moment they don't. They haven't had leadership since Bennett left. And he didn't show much leadership either. In fact, I don't think the Broncos have ever had proper leadership. And it's about time the Broncos were brought to book. They've got Adam Reynolds. They've got Adam Reynolds. Well, he's doing the coaching. Yeah, I know. Of course he is. He's doing the coaching. Yeah, I know. It's obvious. Coach Reynolds. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's call it as it is. Mm. And I don't think there would be a bunker, a second bunker, third tier bunker or supreme bunker that would disagree with that. Make of that what you will. Australians, rugby league crime is at pandemic proportions. Referees and officials can't see everything, but together we can. If you see rugby league crime, then as an Australian, do your duty and report it to Bludging on the Blind Side. Text us on 0467 920 2. Yes. Now, Roy, speaking of the bunker, uh, Andrew Joey Johns, uh, he's come out big time about the bunker in mm. a column this week. The bunker was brought in to stop the howler, according to Andrew. That's right. Uh, not create the howler. Right now it's howling. Great opening. Yes. Great opening. Great opening. Um, the decision to award the Broncos try despite Knights halfback Adam Clune being obstructed was one of the worst decisions I've seen in a long time. That's a big call. It is a big worst call. Worst decisions in a long time. Mm. What made it worse was the NRL defending it. Clune had to stop on his run but also lost sight of where the ball was because of the Broncos player in front of him. I mean, that happens. That happens. That can happen. Yep. The NRL needs to fix how they use technology. First, they need to stop looking at things in super slow motion. You've always said this. Yes. Super slow motion. If you look at something and long enough, you can convince yourself of anything. Mm. Second, it's taking too long. There are too many stoppages. Rugby league is all about flow and from that comes fatigue. From fatigue, players make poor decisions and create pressure that t- better teams take advantage of and some of these decisions end up in the bunker. But, but anyway, that I just added the last bit. My solution, show the replays in real time two or three times then make a decision and move on. The decision in the same match to disallow a try to Dane Gagai is a great example. How a player is expected to re-grip the ball if it comes out a centimetre from his hand is anyone's guess. Show that in real time and it's a try. The bunker is driving everyone crazy. Players, fans and coaches, something have to change. Apropos of your opening remarks. Yeah. Now, are yeah. you suggesting that we could stop the game long enough for a decision from the first bunker to refer to the upper bunker, which then could refer that decision if also split decision is referred to the supreme bunker? And what happens if coaches, spectators and fans feel as though the supreme bunker got it wrong? Have you thought that through to that extent? Uh, yeah, well, yes, I sort of have. But to, to address, to begin with, this fatigue factor that Joey thinks is uh, essential to the game, and I agree, I agree with him, it is. Uh, 
I, I would see the second bunker, say the first bunker might take two or three minutes to uh, arrive at a decision which could then be challenged and it goes to the second bunker. The second bunker would either agree or disagree, so a red light or a green light would go on to show agreement and alignment with the original first-tier bunker decision. And then if there was any... uh, uh, disputation. Di- disputation at all, mm-hmm. it would obviously go to the third. Now, so the first, the first might take two minutes, the second might take three minutes and the third might take five minutes. Are you expecting so a written f- verdict uh, of yeah, the uh, Supreme uh, Bank? It would be printed out and it would, it would be, just go across, across, across the screen, you know, try allowed or disallowed, simple as that. But reasons? Uh, well, reasons would be uh, you could get them online immediately. Uh, at the Rugby League Bunker website or su- Supreme Bunker website. And are you expecting punting to be available yes. on all these decisions? Well, of course. Well, of course. Um, now, uh, but to, to address the fatigue factor, I would suggest because we're going to have about an eight to ten minute break while it goes to the Supreme Bunker, that uh, players, all players, are forced to stay in motion, running. Running, round Running the round and round, round and round. Uh, I don't don't care in what order, but it would be better if they formed in in say Bengal file behind the captain of their team. They line up when it go when it immediately goes to the bunker. They they all know to line up in a, in Bengal file behind their uh, captain, and then they start running together uh, up one end, hundred meters, then back down the other. Probably on the sidelines, you'd have an agreement at the kickoff that should the uh, bunker interruption come. Uh, West Tigers, you will be on the western. Should this happen? Should this yeah. happen, uh, Manly, you will be on the eastern side. That will mm-hmm. be your running lines uh, during bunker but- decisions. Is that acceptable? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, let's go. Simple, <laughs> simple as that. I think that would address Joey's issue there with fatigue. <clears throat> and fatigue. <clears throat> uh, do you feel as though uh, people are making? you know, mistakes in yes. playing rugby league. You get a breather while these things go through to the bunker. Oh, that, that wouldn't surprise me. That, that, that's now, sort of, that's the sort of thing that Bellamy would coach. Mm. I mean, Bellamy's always looking for ways to undermine authority and give uh, the storm, you know, often uh, an immoral, if not illegal, advantage. But that's what makes him a great coach. Now. Doesn't it? It does. Mm. I have a follow-up story concerning Andrew Joey Johns, the immortal. Yes. Uh, and that, that's a beautiful think piece from his former wife. Oh, yes. Catherine Mahoney. Oh, yes. Uh, and she wants people in rugby league land to know uh, rugby league celebrities in private life, they're just really like you and me. That's a beautiful... Is that what she's saying? Yeah, it's a beautiful rebalancing. I find it hard to believe. I know. I know, I thought you might say that. Yeah. See, if you think what of What a revelation that is. I, yeah. I, I thought they would be completely different. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'm not sure that they're not because you and I know a number of rugby league, you know, celebrities. And yes. I don't want to name too many names no, no, no. here, but, you know, yeah. some of the greats, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know, Mitch Moses comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Completely different. It's completely different, In yeah. real life. Completely yeah. different. You know, mm. he's just um, mm. on the uh, park, you know, he looks like not got a care in the world. He's yeah. just driving the Parramatta reels around beautifully at the moment. And, yeah. you know, you just think of Gutho, you know, what yes. sort of person is Gutho really yeah. like? Well, he's nothing like you and me at all. No, he's not. Uh, no. I mean, he, for instance, he drives on the left-hand side of his car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
just gets that'd be gutho, yeah, <laughs> that'd be right, yeah. Yep. So she says that even the most amazing high-ender celebrities... Could I go- suggest, HG, that familiarity breeds contempt? Mm-hmm. She had been living with an immortal for several years mm-hmm. and so now she's slightly contemptuous, I would suggest. She's forgotten the rose-coloured glasses when they first met and they were in love. She was in love with an immortal. And it were, at that stage, an immortal to be. You know? No, 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 I understand it. And it was that immortal Dabinus that made him such a attractive, attractive fellow. Yeah. I would suggest, yes. Yeah. Now, she says yes. here... I mean, very rarely do you find someone ends up married to a future immortal not knowing that that person plays rugby league. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. They're going to find out one Pretty way or quickly. another. Yeah. yeah, where are you going? Yeah. What you know, are you doing? What are you doing? Those boots. You're going to work? What? Yeah. What, what sort of work involves, you know, carrying that bag? And what's this uniform? Have I got to wash this? You know, that sort of stuff. Now, <clears throat> even the most amazing high-end celebrity, this mm. is Catherine talking, yes. still goes to the toilet. Now, I find that Well, very, that's true. Well, I was going to say, and I had the opposite view instantly. I just thought instantly, well, I, I can't imagine Andrew Joey Johns going to the toilet. No, no. Uh, but but he must. He must, yes. Yeah, you know, right. I often think, yeah, yeah, I used to think that that about, you know, like Dish Ed Dowling. I'm sure Dish goes to the toilet. He must. He must. <laughs> King Wally, you go to the King toilet. King Wally, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I get exhausted sometimes being with Andrew because you'd have to smile all the time, usually when you're in the middle of a big argument. That's what? in public. Oh, I see in public. You know, yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you don't no. want to be seen to be squabbling. No, you don't. It's, it's, it's unedifying. Unedifying and rugby league doesn't D- no. encourage it. No, no, no. Now, her new book, I'm not sure what the new book is She's written called. a book. Yeah, she's written a book. Explores what, My the, Life with an Immortal? Exactly. Explores the ups and downs of high-profile marriage. Whoa! That'd have a huge audience, wouldn't it? Would would it ever? When marriage ends, you shove it all in a box and stuff it into the back of your wardrobe and you don't want a word of it. But unpacking it six years later, you realise time heals and you look at things differently. Maybe he didn't go to the toilet. Mm, maybe he didn't. I, I can't remember, <laughs> etc. Yeah. Going to the toilet. Yeah. I was bonkers crazy in love with Andrew and he was with me. It's just that it didn't last the course. Well, that can happen. Oh. I mean... It's so... We've said it before, HG. It's so sad to watch good love go bad. Blindsiders, looking for something special in dining this season? Make a beeline for first-grade cuisine dished up with front-row banter and abuse at Fafita's. The only night spot where a load goes in and out with a spray from a Dally M Premiership star. Now, Roy, what did you make of the Haas and, and uh, Lodge decisions this weekend? I mean, are we – I mean, I know Haas played uh, last night and so on and so it does look as though he's come to some accommodation with the club in the short term. Yep. But Lodge <laughs> going and playing rugby union, it doesn't sit well with me. Well, he he's, he just loves getting out and uh, wearing, no, wearing, wearing shorts. shorts and running yeah. into people. Now, yeah. a lot of people are like – a lot of rugby league players love that. Yeah, they can't – they can't they wouldn't play it. Yeah, yeah. that's, right. You know, that's right. And you miss it. You miss it. Yeah. You miss it. You do. You know, uh, I, I think with, with Lodgy, he, I, I think the Warriors are due to move back to New Zealand soon, maybe next week. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. No. I don't think so. So he's got a location clause in his contract? Oh, I don't, know. You... I don't know. I don't know about that. But uh, there, there was talk that he had a run-in with the owner of the uh, Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know the truth or other, otherwise of that. 
apparently it got very heated. Uh, Matthew said that he, he didn't say a word, he just accepted it, that the, the, the owner of the, uh, of the Warriors tore strips off him and uh, abused him. For in, not putting in? In public. Oh. In public. And this uh, upset Matthew. Matthew said, I, I, I didn't say nothing. I, I, yeah. I, I just accepted it. I just shut up. I, I just shut up. Yeah. I, I left the Let restaurant. Let him blow off. I, I, I left the restaurant because yeah. it happened in a restaurant. Uh, I went home. And I put my feet up and I said to myself, well, that's it. I'm not going to be a warrior no more and I'm not going to move to New Zealand. Why would I? So I'm not playing no more. But what I'm going to do is maybe waddle down to the nearest oval, see what's going on. And, and join in. And join in if they'll have me and they did. Now, can I suggest to you, as I did in my opening comments, uh, you know, some hours ago, yeah. uh, that <clears throat> an ambassador role for him in America? Oh, Yes. Because that would be such a lost opportunity because he's done the hard work. He's made the hard yards. He understands how the criminal system works. He understands the uh, where lawyers are. Yes. He understands the power play of the upper echelons of high society and show business. Mm. And that's the ambition yeah. the rugby league has to have there. Sure, sure. I raise this. Would he... Would he have difficulty getting into the United States, though, HG? Is that, would, could that be an well, issue? Would that be something, say, new Foreign Minister Penny Wong could try ease and the ease forward. the way forward? Yes, well, what a good question. Look, uh, as long as I – as I understand it, you know, very forgiving the American, uh, you know, obviously uh, visa system, as long as you haven't been to somewhere like Iran. Oh, okay, they, yes. That's a big no-no. You can't go to Iran. No, no, no. Well, I don't think Lodgy's been to Iran. No, that's has what he? I mean. Has he or not? I don't know. Has he been talking rugby league in Iran? I don't know. That one... I'd be very surprised if Matthew Lodge went to Iran. I would. Now, can I set this in a context slightly where mm. Wayne Bennett yes. believes the NRL needs to make a long-term commitment to growing the game in the United States as it ramps up plans to take the opening premiership match of the 2023 uh, season to Los Angeles, warning the sugar hits don't work. Now, yeah. there's a fair bit more to add to this, which appeared in the Nine or Sneesby papers. Mm. Now... When it comes to this, this worries me enormously. Is is the rugby league prepared to make the hard yards? Yeah. Uh, is head office committed to making the concept a reality, directing one of its employees to devote their attention to the project on a full-time basis, which I think that's what they've done in the short term. Mm. Rugby league has made several forays into the American market. Bennett's been involved with every one of them. He w- it's just hard to imagine. He was the Queensland coach when the State of Origin match was taken to Veterans Stadium in Long Beach in 1987. Was he really? It's hard to imagine that. It is. Okay. Now, was the Kangaroos mentor when they overcome a half-time deficit to beat the Tomahawks in Philadelphia's Franklin Field, 2004? I didn't realise they were behind well, at half-time. I didn't half know time. either. And was the, what, Hel- the Tomahawks did he... Yeah, took apart... Took apart the, the kangaroos. kangaroos. I can remember that. I can remember them going. I didn't realise. Oh. I blanked the score, obviously. Right. As you would. And was at the helm of England during the ill-fated Denver Test at Mile High Stadium in 2018. Right. Now, several things here. Well, what does Bennett think? What, what's, well, he, he got thinks a plan? he's got a plan, a full-time officer. Oh, a full-time officer. That's, yeah. where, that's where Matthew Lodge pencils his name in. Well, it, it's a great marketplace. They've loved our game every time I've been there and shown the Americans how we play it, but mm. we never follow it up. If the game is committed to doing something over there, they need to put money into it and put people on the ground. So he's obviously, mm. you know, he's got a, you know, they're just the rudimentary aspects of a plan. He's not saying where it's going to be located or who should be in charge. My view is is to get 
Matthew Lodge over there as soon as we can with his record, yeah. which is tantalisingly interesting from a criminal perspective, sure. and just tip it into rugby league or the other way around, tip rugby league into what's already a, quite a large bucket there. Sure. And uh, yep. I think Mag- yep. Matthew Lodge is the sort of person because he's got an unpro- uncompromising approach yes. to the American society. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. The other thing, can I set this, and this disturbed me, mm. you know the NFL, yes. the football in America, which is played, you know, people won't believe this when I say it, with helmets and pads. They yeah. just won't believe yeah. that. Are they having a game out here? They are. And what's mm. more, they've appointed a promotions officer ah. to the area. God, they're coming, we, aren't they? They are. So it's a bigger footprint than just Australia oh, because, okay. let's face it, the population isn't great. Yeah. So we've got New Zealand. They're going to hoover up a lot of players who would be playing rugby league in the future from the arc of, what is it? The arc of. Oh, yeah, the arc of rugby league. Thanks. <laughs> the arc of rugby league. Don't be surprised if Tongans and Samoans and that don't seize the opportunity to go and play NFL and not rugby league. I mean, the money alone will lure them. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, you know, every time they do come out and put on an exhibition, some players attempted to go overseas and try their hand. I mean, I mean, I mean didn't uh, Hayne do that? He did. And, he did. Uh, they made a film about it and I've no, no one's ever seen no the film. No one's ever seen the film, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. And someone else did too, I think. Uh, Queensland's state of origin back, I think. Uh, his name will come to me later. I, th- I think he went and tried his hand over there as well. Didn't succeed. But someone might. And when that happens, the drain on rugby league is going to be... Extraordinary. Now, we've got to go the other way pretty quickly. Is the idea... We've got to get rugby league up and running in America. Tomorrow. ASAP. Yeah, send a game this year. Yes. We are not. We don't care about who it is. No. We've just got to get the people on the ground. Yeah. Get Matthew Lodge explaining it. Yes. Except we don't play without... We play, rather, without, without helmets and helmets pads. Without helmets and pads, And yes. you love it. People yes. know. They get Wayne Bennett to do an ad, a TikTok ad. Sure. Hello, oh, everyone. I'm Wayne Bennett and yeah. I love rugby league. Why don't you? Yes. That's enough. Sure. Now, when we come to it... I know I've talked about targeted migration a lot on this program to yeah. solve the problem of crisis in the bush. Yeah. Would you like to see a targeted migration program aimed at Americans yes. to get them to come to Australia and play rugby league or get involved in the associated, uh, you know, obviously putting on the pie warmer, yeah, running the line, yeah, the crisis yeah, yeah. in the bush. We've discussed this endlessly we here. Have. But we haven't talked about targeted migration from America. No, 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 we haven't. And I do have problems with it, H.G. If we have someone in the United States with an inkling, an awareness, a fascination for a rugby league, they should stay there and spread the word. Yes. Not come here because we, we know, we, we, you know, we know rugby league. We don't need to be convinced by Americans. We've got to convince them. Now, I would suggest in schools no, I'm... that we get kids to become pen pals. Oh, no. With kids in America, yeah, and exchange football cards and those sorts of things, and get the grassroots. Send them jumpers. Send them jumpers. Yes. Yeah. Be the first in Denver to have a to, Titans to jumper. To have a Titans jumper. Yes, and then oh, that'll generate a... a lot of discussion. You know, hey, what what's that you're wearing? It's a Titans jumper. Ooh, a what? Hey, a what? Yeah. No helmets. No, no helmet. Cotton. No. How do you fit your pads? Mm. No pads. <laughs> Man, how do I become a Titan? That's how it starts. Yes, yes. Ben, yes. it's right. Mm-hmm. You can't have a, just a sugar hit of a visiting. Yeah, know. no, I agree with Ben entirely about this. Yes. Yeah. 
because the game's now too big to be contained in Australia, the South Pacific. Sure. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, as you know, African nations involved in Australian yes. rugby league. Yes. We hope to get the Kummels involved, Tasmania. Yep. I mean, these are far-flung parts of the Australian footprint. Sure. Sorry, Tasmania. Yep. You're part of it anyway. But yep. then to get a team out of South Africa. Yes. I mean, if you can do it for rugby union, why is rugby league glad? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And, and why haven't but, we reached out? To, uh, to rugby league in South Africa. But my targeted migration is yep. to solve the problem in the bush, the crisis in the bush of rugby league. We just don't have enough people no, living in Australia no, with an interest in rugby league. No, if you said on the visa form, you know, you want to go to Australia, do you want to play rugby league? Yes. That would be the first question to ask. Yes, yes, yes. In the same way Well, as I Matthew- assume that's got a lot to do with the, uh, the uh, uh, visit by the uh, by the uh, foreign foreign minister foreign affairs minister penny wong to what i would call the rugby league rim the pacific rim to talk up rugby league mm-hmm. but she was talking up rugby league in fiji this week yeah, i know probably that don't a, have to do that, that as a fact mm-hmm. but uh, and she wants to encourage uh, fiji and rugby league players who want to accelerate to find a pathway to come to australia go into the bush uh, play for say oh, I don't know the uh, the young cherry pickers or the the the, or... the the diesels the junie diesels mm-hmm. or whoever, and that way, uh, it it's good for the bush, it's good for the Fijians, but more importantly, it's good for rugby league. Rugby League Relief is now operating in 43 war-torn dumpster fire countries. It is bringing a powerful message of hope and a brighter tomorrow through the greatest game of all. Proudly supported by Bludging on the Blind Side. Text, Roy. Uh, yes, um... Now, uh, someone's suggesting, HG, um, that they'll never get rid of the bunker while they are gambling on the game. Get rid of gambling. That's what Bob is suggesting. That. Bob, yeah, gee, that's hardcore, isn't it? Well, that's not going to happen, Bob. <laughs> I'm telling you now, that's not going to happen. Because, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, it's great. Betting on, betting on a game. Well, you've got to understand that 14,000 people are no longer playing rugby league because punting's available. Yeah. Yeah, someone suggested Nate Miles never used the toilet. Yeah, but that was because he often got trapped outside his motel, motel room. That's true. Yeah. That, that's true. Someone suggested Todd Carney didn't use the toilet. No, that's true. That's too. true too. Yeah, interesting. Well, maybe there is something to it. Maybe. Now, just coming back to the problems of America, I mean, yeah. Wayne Bennett, you know, states the bleeding obvious, there are 250 million Americans, the market's huge. Yep. You think they can just play our game, but they can't. They love contact. They, well, they obviously, the no helmets, pads idea gets a workout, but they haven't seen rugby league. They don't know the rules of the game. And to understand it, to bring a player from over there, they're, they're great athletes, but they haven't been brought up with it. So, mm. you know, obviously it's an yep. important thing to send our crew yep. over there to show them how it's done. Yep. And, of course, you do have heavyweights like, you know, Russell Crowe, who Americans love, and Hugh Jackman, who's, you know, faded over there. Yes. But it said the long-term strategy must be employed. They have to be committed to, for the next decade. Mm. You've got to put development officers on the ground over there. All young footballers would love to go over there if there was an opportunity. Yep. I've got no doubt about that at all. You don't need to be superstars to go over there and get the game going. This is your point. That's right. Grassroots level. In fact, maybe mm. under under... 
well, 12 should be the starting point because then mm. if we could send kids of that age there yep. with the knowledge of rugby league, yep. some experience here, to show kids in American schools how much fun it is, no yes. pads, no helmets, yep. and get it growing from there. That's right. You might be able to find some of this missing 14,000 players. That's right. That's right. Lost over the years. And, and you might sponsor, the rugby league might sponsor uh, exchanges, HG, like you could send, say, a Gosford High team, team to play a Washington oh. High team or something oh, like that. That would be fantastic. It, w- it would be good. Now, now, the other thing I would do, HG, is get a couple of Americans over here and train them how to call the game and have them revoice matches. Matches. I think this is very important. And play them. Sneesby could offer, uh, you know. Voiceover facilities. Yeah, yeah. And, and give, tube. give it to them for nothing. Oh, you've got to give it to them for nothing. For nothing. They might be interested if you have to pay for it. That's right. That's right. And so Friday night, rugby Australian Rugby League could be on every oh, station in the United States called by their own callers. I know. What a great idea. He's, he's finally from, uh, you know, obviously Bennett, yeah. don't walk away from it. Think of all the money that's been spent. Australia's been there. England and New Zealand have been there. Queensland has been there. What do we leave there? We got on a plane and went home. As in, we've been yeah. to America, we yeah. played there, then yeah. we just came home. Yes. I mean, it's a telling comment, isn't it? It is a telling comment. And yeah. is Matthew Lodge have a role in all of this, do you think? As, uh... Well, if we can get him in there, yes. yes because true. as you say, so, mm, you, you, you're, you're uh, Steve Colbert's, they would love to, to, to talk to Matthew Lodge about rugby league. They would. I think Ellen DeGeneres might be finishing. I think. Oh, no, I think that's right. I knew there was some... Sadly, yes. she's going to miss out on the Avalanche. rugby league tsunami. <laughs> Right, but so it's going to break over the United States. Well, think States. of the ideas that we've given rugby league in just the last hour. Yep, pen pals, pen pals, S- yes, school exchanges. Yep, sending <laughs> uh, the calling of the game yes. in, in what I consider is an American. That's right. As in, they have to in- readapt and revitalise the language yep. Yep. that you talk about rugby league. Yep. The idea that you know maybe if we can get him in, Matthew Lodge is a key yes. front pointy end of it all. That's Stay right. there for a decade. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they're not. They're, it's not rocket science. No, it's not rocket science. Uh, but would Matthew Lodge be prepared to go and live in Denver, Colorado, for twelve years? Well, the thing is, how see, can that's it... how you got to do it. You got to have. You got to have mission. What I call missionaries. Yeah. Knock now, you on you're doors. a missionary. You just didn't. You know, you're spreading the word of God. No. Back in the day. Yeah. That's what we're up to. You didn't just you know blow in for twenty minutes and then go away. No. You had to live the life. I know. And show what, what you know, living this way, how it, you do the light, you see the light. And eventually a few others see the light. Hey, bro, I'm seeing the light. That's what's got to happen. We need rugby league missionaries. And Lodge is going to be one. Let him be one. This is the bigger picture from the top rung of the stepladder at the MCG with Kane Corns holding the binoculars. Relayed to footy heads across Australia by Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, sorry it was a rush to the news, but I uh, hope you got it in okay. Text number if you want to get involved with the show, 0467920222, 0467920222, or the old way, the old way, RoyNHG at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy. They have, HG. Uh, just on the text, I noticed that someone is suggesting that if we are to have tiered bunkers... Um, He'd like to see them put in regional areas. Hang on, hang on. Let me get this right. So we go to, let's say, Wallerawang. Yeah. 
the rugby league is played at the Sydney Football Stadium mm. and the first bunker is at Wallerawang. Yes. The second bunker at Tamora. <laughs> the third bunker says... Wagga. Well, 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 why not? Yeah. Why not? Original employment. Part of that Maguire. Yes, that's Centre. Right. Yes. He, yeah. Curtains of change that's community. It. That's it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> which is not a bad idea. No, no, well, no Technology like can like do it. that. I like it. So, so people would be dispassionate. You get locals, locals ah. who know their rugby league to man the bunker. Who's manning the bunker this week? Right. Okay. Yeah, it was, you took it in the direction. So, regional employment. Regional employment. Yes. Yeah. And there'd be quite <clears throat> a lot on the weekend. Yep. Now, <clears throat> James has been in touch. He says, uh, "I'm corresponding." <clears throat> As ever, I heard your idea for Eye of the Storm on the blind side. My yeah. anticipation for this program has grown to the Ned's level. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. As a Melbourneian, it has felt like the sun has been setting on rugby league since the one and only Cam Smith left the game. Oh, that should be harsh. Billy deserves mention here too. However, the rugby flame was uh, somewhat relit by the idea of the eye and I'm keen to turn up the gas and light this fire right up under Sneezeby. <laughs> I've been thinking that to get the eye off the ground and into the sky, the addition of a gritty behind-the-scenes program will give this storm some real momentum. While I of the storm would run, let's conservatively say, nightly at 8pm, <clears throat> a weekly program would also commence a making-of-the-eye type television event. Yes. This would... Uh, uh, <clears throat> this I would uh, possibly call storm chasing inside the eye of the storm, Ooh. showing us snippets with the production team reading Cam, a bit of script, uh, Cam in the mirror working his lines and practising his accent and <clears throat> pronunciation, <clears throat> magic moments in the green room, maybe Volandi's complaining about the lack of sauce on his chips. Uh, storm chasing would be the precursor to a follow-up program. <clears throat> Uh, which would be a warts and all documentary, An Eye for an Eye, How Sneezeby Took Nine by Storm. It's a great idea, isn't it? It is a great mm. idea. Now, I, I'll let you travel on, but mm. what I was going to say is just remind me, there's a yeah. lovely story yeah. about that concerning the building of the, or the making of the block. Oh, which will the come block, to yes. Once we get rid of these. It's getting very difficult for competitors, I'm to believe. I know. A lot of ideas could be adapted to the storm. To the, the, the eye, eye of the, of the storm. storm. Yeah, yes. yeah. Is the eye of the storm covering that block story? It will be. Yes, yeah, yes, because there's a rugby league element. Yes, a rugby league right, element. Sure. The, the the players are desperate to know what's going on on the outside. Michael's been in touch. He says, I'm writing uh, to you as I'm concerned that there is a crisis looming in the ranks of rugby league referees. <sighs> what? The past couple of years have seen the retirement of some of the game's best. Do we have a good stock of referees coming through? I'm concerned that referees are not recognised or celebrated for the one thing they train their whole life for, and that being the sweet note of the whistle. <clears throat> sure, there is a Cole Pierce medal given to the best referee over the entire season, but is this what they want to be recognised for? The players are given points towards the Dally M's, I suggest the referees get points each round to rate the quality of their blow. Oh, that's a lovely idea, isn't it? <clears throat> isn't that with a lovely a, idea? With a million-dollar purse up for grabs? Something the, like that, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm wondering who he thinks... And it would be an added thing for the, for the uh, you know, your various footy shows to comment on. And punt? Yeah. 
and punt. Yeah. Like referee of the week. Yeah, exactly. Referee yeah. of the week. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Well, ref of the week. And let's not <clears> forget, <throat> he should have mentioned some of the people who have retired. Archer, for instance, and uh, he's got that great idea of blow like a pro, learn how to blow That's the right. Tony Archer way. That's right. Mogshin Jadwat's another name that comes to yes. mind. God, uh, he could blow, couldn't he? He could. He could. He Beautiful note. A terrific note. Joined a symphony orchestra with his whistle. Tony's been in touch. Uh, all the talk around last week's federal election result centred around the fact that normal people didn't feel represented anymore. This was the reason for the drift away from the major parties. As I stood at the polling booth deciding who I should, who should earn my vote, it occurred to me that out of the 75 potential Senate options, not one of them represented me as a rugby league fan. That's a very telling observation, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? You know there was a legalised marijuana party I know. running? I know. Well, he uh, mentions this. Oh, okay. Sorry. He mentions this. As a rugby league fan, who should I be voting for? Who will best represent the interests of rugby league and rugby league fans? No one. Why is it not a rugby league fan senate option? Yeah. The legalised cannabis party received more votes than Clive Palmer... <clears throat> simply because people looked at it and think this is the closest thing there is to a party for rugby league fans. The true rugby league fan party could start with the Senate and then eventually run lower house candidates. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. No. <clears throat> and we have thought of this before, a rugby league party dedicated to rugby league issues. And remember, of course, we developed a lot of policies in the education, yes. Yes. in the defence area, in the agricultural area. I yep. mean, there's so much to yep. get started your teeth stuck into, yep. and so many people would come on board, as he points out, because they were talking the language of league. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, with the election now over, this has come from Tesla in Ipswich, all the post-mortems are being aired, but not one media outlet, including the ABC, has discussed the most obvious reason for the result. The two major parties have suffered significant drops in their first preference votes, and the reason is as simple as this. With rugby league not mentioned once throughout the entire campaign by either mainstream leader, what reaction would you expect from the rugby league community? No comments on rugby league, and what's more, no coloured jerseys for the candidates to show their league support. No, that wouldn't have that been great. Because we know... We know Albo loves mad. South. I know. Coach Wooden Myrtle. Coach Wooden Myrtle through and through. Glory, glory, I'm a rabbit. Yes. All that stuff. Yeah, and we, ScoMo's a mad shark. Mad shark, mad sharks. Yeah, a bit Johnny come lately, but yeah, Mad yeah, Shark. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's making up for lost know, time with I his know. madness. But it wouldn't have hurt in one of the debates they had, maybe, ah. the, maybe the second one, because that was a little bit, yeah. you know, undisciplined. Wild. Wild. Would have been lovely to have them wearing their rugby league guernseys. Wouldn't have hurt. No. That's... And it would have sent a message out to the rugby league community We're thinking that somebody's of thinking about them. And a bit of a chat about who's likely to win on the weekend. And yes. why didn't the league coincide the clash, yeah. Rabbit and Shark, yes. for that following weekend? And it could have opened up in the debate a whole interesting set of questions, like, Prime Minister, where do you stand on the bunker? Refereeing, Yeah, Elbow. refereeing, yeah, yeah. Standard slipping? That's right. That's right. A character's been blown out of the game. <laughs> uh, Wayne's been in touch. Oh, yeah, Wayne Bennett. Could be, mm. although he says he's a Western Australian. I don't think Wayne is. No. As a Fair West enough. Australian, and like most others in the southern western states, I've learned a great deal about rugby league from the bludge. Good. Last weekend, while listening to sport talk on my local ABC, the topic of uh, rugby league came up. What? As this is rare in the West, my ears pricked up. Yeah, they would. 
Corbyn Middlemass was discussing the possibility of Perth rejoining the NRL using the North Sydney Bears licence. Yes, I think we've touched on this we in might previous budgets. His words, not mine. The NRL would be foolish not to consider this proposal. It makes sense to add a team in Perth to even the comp numbers with the Dolphins coming next year. He further added they could play four home games at North Sydney Oval to appease Bears fans with the remaining home games played in Perth. Uh, as you were both at the cutting edge of rugby league, is this a possibility? And what would the name be? The Western Bears? Well, a lot of questions here. There are. Uh, I mean, what these ideas with the Bears, I mean, mm. what's the wellspring of this? I mean, are we... Are we? Is rugby league apart from Bears fans mm. who often appear cultish? Yes, I've got to be honest here. They appear to be. They are. They're, they're pretty underground, aren't they? Yeah, very underground. <laughs> yep. Um, and and they feel to me as though they're keeping a flickering flame of hope alive. Yeah. Which, which really. It's false hope, really, isn't thanks. it? That's just, I didn't want to say it. False hope. But is this talk of uh, you I'm know, not the, the Western a... Bears? Is that just offering? Is that even more cruel? Is that just offering more false hope to Bears fans? Can I? And are true Bears fans going? to accept their team playing in Perth. Look, there's only well, – what a good question. And, look, can I say I'm f- all for a team in Perth. Well, they had one. I the know. Reds. The Reds. The Western Reds. Yeah. That makes sense. Didn't make any sense at the time. But no. Maybe it does now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other choices are Northern Territory or Tasmania. Yeah. Now, we've got a very passionate defence of rugby league in the Northern Territory recently, mm. which, we, which we're – Completely up behind. Yes. And then, of course, you can go offshore to the Kummels to make the rim of uh, rugby league. The rim excellent. of rugby league, The yes. rim of rugby yeah, league in yeah, the Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think the current government, that's the new government, yeah. the change of curtains people, yeah. is at all attached to right. the rim of rugby league. I haven't got any news either way, but just a feeling, a gut feeling, is they're not that very interested. <sighs> well, they should be. <laughs> the only way, and we've made this point before, the only way to combat the influence of China mm-hmm. in the Pacific Rim is rugby league. Is rugby league. Yeah. Because the Chinese are never going to wear it. No. They're never going to understand no. it. And even if they try, have a go. Let's see what you come up with. Yeah. Let's see how good your bloody team is. You know? And they won't like it if they do get a team together. I notice the foreign minister is touring around at the moment mm. through uh, you know, so the, the rim. The rim. Uh, if they do get a team up... Fiji had beat them. Yeah. Well, Samoa would. Yeah, I know. That's the difficulty. Embarrassing. Them. It'd be embarrassing. My plan for rugby league in China is to get them involved through some of the properties they already own in Australia. <clears throat> Darwin Ports. Yes. The Power and Poles in New South Wales. Oh, yes. These are great businesses yes. that would easily be able to spin off a couple of billion to yes. run a rugby league side. In China? Well, no. <clears throat> in Australia with a Chinese soccer. Well, power. hang on. Are we allowing the Chinese to buy rugby league clubs now? Well, sadly, I think we will be pretty soon. God almighty. I know. What is going on? <sighs> now, Pete from Edelong Beach has been in touch. A couple of weeks ago, you made mention of a very innovative income-generating approach from the Man of Feathers to pursue on behalf of the National Rugby League, i.e. for the NRL to set up a bank. A bank, yes. Great idea. Uh, I would, however, like to pick up on the wonderfully novel concept of the Rugby League check. In short, whether or not the NRL sets up a bank, the the rugby league could be uh, the rugby league check could be a fantastic way to not only bring back the novelty of what is essentially a promissory note, 
It is, that's right. That's what it is. My, uh... As financial currency, but a beautiful merging of this with footy cards. <laughs> Can you imagine receiving a cheque that is watermarked with the head of Dishhead Dowling? Wow. Three knees Hancock or Wally Lewis. This may have come from Maroons fan who, for example, requested a chequebook printed with origin greats from the 80s to the 90s. The cheque themselves could become a form of currency, like footy cards, as various limited editions and surprise cheques pop up in people's chequebooks. You can see where I'm going. Yeah, no, no, I can. The rugby league cheque gets a royalty for every NRL cheque that is printed, a percentage of every cheque that is cashed, and then a transfer fee from every blank cheque that is traded because of its inherent worth as a limited edition cheque. An NFT? Yes. The cheque themes are endless. Club colours, origin, immortals, living and dead, etc., etc., toilets. Furthermore, this concept could be open to any bank who wants to get on board marketing to A-class citizen fans of the NRL. Why limit it to just the NRL bank? Well, what an interesting... Mm. That, that person's thought that through, haven't yes, they? Yes, yes, yes. I had How? no idea that would seed uh, that sort of response <clears throat> and that sort of enthusiasm. Exactly. But isn't it good to hear the term promissory note? The Bludge is fully supportive of referees who put the game ahead of themselves. And don't just blow to pull focus. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, you're listening to The Bludge, Bludging on the Blind Side. And, Roy, that item that you had there in the, um, the mailbag section concerning... Um, what would I call them, follow-on, knock-ons from, uh, you know, the eye of the storm. Oh, yes. Got me thinking about the block. Yes, the block. And uh, the gritty world in which the block contestants find themselves. They've been described by the block contestants at the moment as living conditions on the reality show inhuman. Inhuman, really? Inhumane, should I say, inhumane. With minimal food and water on offer, freezing temperatures and the lack of toilet paper. Oh, Really? You know, they're wiping with a few gum leaves. Yeah, right. Or a, a copy of The Age or something like that. Where are they located, H.G.? Well, that's a good question. The Obviously, Channel 9. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I need to explain the plot here for people who are obsessed by rugby league and nothing else. Mm. Amateur builders renovate properties over a 12-week period. It's known for making the contestants uh, r- rough it, with the stars of the show often filmed sleeping on the floor, having limited access to showers and being put in a pressure-cooking environment. Right. <clears throat> However, the contestants who star on the 18th season uh, have told friends that it's brutal. The conditions are brutal. Mm. They're uh, in Gisborne, Victoria's Macedon Ranges. Is that which, where they are? Yeah, it can be pretty cold there yeah. in the winter at this time of year. Sure. Where they're renovating five properties, uh, contestants have held, uh, you know, have been told uh, or have told those close to them that many of the cast are a breaking point. Are they really? Despite filming only uh, just having in, started in April. So they've been Gee, only they've been got a couple to of go, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. They barely have any food. Some days a muesli bar and an apple is as good as it gets. There's a, a, a catering tent on site, but that's only for the production staff, you know, Scott Cam and his mates. Mm. Uh, now, um, everyone is starving, exhausted and stressed. One uh, contestant has been crying for three days straight. Dear. Still, that makes for great television. It does. It? it does. Yeah. No, that's you know watching people um, break down under stress on these oh, shows. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that, especially when it's reality. You know, yeah. it's not just someone acting. No, you know, I, if someone's acting, crying, I, I don't yeah. believe it. 
Yeah, no. I want to see the real thing. Yeah, if you see Russell Crowe cry, you think, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, it's going to stop as soon as the camera stops. Yeah, not real. Yeah. Get real. Yeah. Another insider said contestants uh, feel they're being held on a tight leash. They have their car. Are they being held on a tight leash? Well, oh, I think I'd like so. to see that. Well, they're <laughs> starving, held on a tight leash, tortured. It's sort of. Well, it doffs its cap to Abu Ghraib. It does. It? it does. Is an Abu Ghraib sort of show now? I think so. Well, they're renovating Abu Ghraib <laughs> in the next one. Are they really? Yeah, they are. They're going to Iraq and they're going to turn it into a B and B. Right, okay. Now, they've uh, car keys taken off them at the end of the day, so they aren't able to go and f- get some food for themselves. Well, hang on. If they've got the car keys during the day, why can't they zip into town and get something to well, eat? Well, they're doing, they're doing like renovations. They're working out whether to go with vertical drapes or horizontal drapes. Well, or how do they get the drapes? Who delivers the drapes? Do they got to go into town and get the drapes? Uh, or are the drapes driven to them? I've got to be honest here. If so, you could say to the drape bloke, oh, yeah. listen, could you pick us up a couple of pies and you won't smuggle them in? In the drape box. Uh, now, and being in such a remote area, they don't have access to Uber Eats or anything. Oh, it's oh, primitive. Oh, that is primitive. I thought they'd be able to get Uber Eats out there in Gisborne. Yeah. I mean, there must be a restaurant or a, you know, cafe nearby that do, do up a, you yeah. know, you point out a pie or a sure. ham, cheese, tomato sandwich yeah, and yeah. a cup of coffee. Maybe, lit- a few, maybe a couple of locals could reach out and try and help. Smuggle some stuff. Smuggle some stuff. Dropping stuff with a drone. Yeah. Now, they're literally starving, freezing cold and completely exhausted. Uh, One source said the move could be strategic and a bid to, uh, by the show to continue its ratings hold, stronghold. It's yeah. enjoyed. It seems as though they're doubling down on the contestants to be get be more ratings, ratings boost. Right. None refuted many of the claims with the spokesperson saying everyone knows the block is tough, but these claims are just false. Now, which claims that they're not being fed? Yeah, I think that's right, and that it's freezing cold, right. and that they're forced to perform in the nude while being at the end of the leash. Oh, you know, man. it's hard working a nail gun in the nude. I'm telling you that for a yeah, fact. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And cold, cold, freezing cold. Freezing you know, they often won't work if it's pleasant, say twenty degrees. You're not allowed to work. Mm. Got to down tools. Wait till it drops below four. It used to be a family show, you know, the block, wasn't it? Well, it used to unite people. You see, when it started, it was a sort of... Amity gl- Dry, you are my lighthouse. Oh, no, that's going back, though. I Guiding think, me home. I think they've had uh, 18 I think seasons. Amity and Paul were back on the show last season. Were they? I think they were. I think How they had a going? reunion sort of show. Right, the best and of the best. I think they won again. Wow. Wow. I bet you they didn't have to work at the end of a leash and... No. You know, no, the no, moves. They looked fed. Oh, did they? Yeah, they looked fed. Look, can that sort of thing find an audience, though? I mean, What, six shows? Well, six shows. Well, a lot of people love six shows, HG. They do. Sadly, that, that's reality. We've got to accept that there's part of the human condition that says, if it's sick, I want to watch. Slam it shut. The internationally accredited garage door specialists can have your old rust bucket roller off the pegs and on its way to the tip in seconds. Give Brandon the cheese smith a ring and have him come around and let you know just how worthless your clunker is. Special blindside discounts throughout November. Now, Roy, obviously next weekend there's a very big bout, uh, not donkey circuit gear this time, uh, which I'd love to see some aspect of the donkey circuit incorporated sure. on the undercard. Mm. And that raises, before I come to that, mm. where we stand on the Kyrgios Tomic stink. Now, right. Well, this... they're about the same size. So so and you could put them both in shorts and put gloves on them and you wouldn't... You wouldn't be able to pick a winner. Yeah. 
the three pronger though you've got tennis, tennis, yeah, boxing, boxing, and uh, what was the third pronger? This oh, I miss it. oh, what was the third prong? It was. Uh, Oh, That's a list one for the listeners. Yeah. Um, the tennis, basketball and boxing. Oh, right. Basketball, the easy one to forget. Basketball, yeah. I think Nick's pretty good at basketball. I haven't seen Tomic play. No. Now, um, would anybody want to see this? I mean, I don't... playing basketball? No, I don't think so. How about boxing? Oh, the boxing, sure. Uh, if you had a good... Uh, if you, 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 know, if you like card. watching people starve on the block, yeah. you're going to yeah. love watching... Tomic and Kyrgios have a box. Yeah, right. Same sort of crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? And then tennis. Would anybody yeah, take this seriously oh, as I tennis don't players? Think so. I don't I think so. I mean, obviously, it's a bit lopsided there. In fact, there's a great disparity, isn't there, between the rankings of Tomic and Kyrgios at the moment. I think Tomic's 415th. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that'd be about right. I think he's playing the challenger circuit. And I think, in fairness, Nick's response to the challenge... Uh, has been to say, listen, when you're good enough, you come back and find me. When you're good enough, I'll, we, be, here. We, I'll be here. We'll we'll meet in a tournament. Now, can Looking I ask? Forward to it. I understand newspapers are stuck for things to put in the paper, mm-hmm. but this seems to be way beyond. I mean, a story about the block and starving. I get people love that sort of stuff. You know, and on the end of the leash and no yeah. keys, Uber Eats, all that sort of stuff, Gisborne, Macedon, you know, how many weeks, et cetera, freezing cold. I get it, people love it. Mm. But there's nothing like that here. Yeah. All we've got is two idiots, mm. you know, sort of not liking each other That's and right. preventing the, or, you know, organising these faux contests, which no one's going to see. Yeah. And you can't imagine, you know, I mean, we bag Sneesby week in, week out on the show with good reason, but Sneesby's never going to put any of this crap on television. He's not going to have basketball with... You know, tonight, yeah. tonight, no. after a current affair, we've got Kyrgios. I mean, television isn't that desperate for content, is it, Roy? Kyrgios and Tomic. Gee, it might just work, you know. <laughs> the Payne Haas Art Prize for the best portrait of a player or TikTok effort with rugby league theme is on again in 2022. $250,000 is up for grabs in the Haas, the richest rugby league art prize in the world. Have a crack at the Haas, bludgers. I mean, I suppose you could run it as a prelude to State of Origin, the three competitions, mm-hmm. tennis, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basketball mm-hmm. and boxing, mm-hmm. just in the yeah. warm-up. I mean, yep. I suppose yep. Yep. if you had a big hit... I suppose like so. Like Origin after it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're thinking of covering it live and not uh, having it as, pre- as a pre-record so you could cut it and make it more interesting or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's up to Sneezy. No, they, they, I guess they'd they, have they, people they, who could work on it. People, yes. Yeah. So uh, you think you're a half-hour show? Oh, I think you get three half-hours out yeah. of it. There'd, there'd yeah. be the talking it up, you know, how it all started, you know. And would you we put used it, to be mates. Yeah. What, yeah. What did you think of Nick? Oh, well, Nick, oh, yeah, I used to like him. Yeah, he was mm. all right. Then he just got big tickets on himself and then, you know. He, he got that he car. He had a go at me and he, I, I had a go at him. And then, he, you know, he had a go at me and I had a go at him. And then I just thought, I just thought, oh, well, why don't we put him in bucks and just see what happens, you know, and uh, that's uh, just the way it is, you know. And who's putting up the million here? Well, they, they said are. they were going to put up a million each, but I, I thought. On a promissory note on the Rugby League on Bank? On a promissory note, yes. Right, okay. So if it all <laughs> fell apart, they wouldn't have to cough no. up. Okay, fair enough. No. Coming back to the <clears throat> the real game, mm-hmm. George Cambosis Jr. has revealed he tried to help father 
the father of Devin Haney, that's his opponent uh, next weekend, enter Australia to ensure there were no excuses for his opponent in their historic undisputed world title clash. Now, the problem with boxers is they do have a lot of excuses, don't they? Mm -hmm. You know, my dad wasn't there, my knuckles hurt. Uh, you know, look, I can't come this week. I've got a cold, can't find the joint. Will mm. there be parking? That sort of stuff. Sure. Now, Haney's father, Bill, and trainer Ben Davidson won't be in his corner for the showdown at Melbourne's Marvel Stadium next uh, June the 5th. Yeah, why not? The pair are unable to gain visas due to their criminal records. Now... Oh, Lord. Yeah, I thought that would be your response. Oh, Lord. I know. Surely. In this day and age, we can let our common sense. Now, am I right in thinking at the moment, I think Jim Chalmers, the acting treasurer, yes. is also the Minister of Immigration. Is he? Acting Minister of Immigration. Yes. Now, I'm just wondering if he could pass through, you know, with, um, you know, the... Um, Stroke of a pen. Eh? Stroke of a pen. Stroke right? of the pen, good on you. Yep. A criminal visa that would allow people in this case with a criminal record, to come to Australia for specific purposes, i.e. to rob banks and... Uh, well, no, I think you could. Uh, they could be catered for, HG. They, they would be met at, say, Sydney Airport, if that's uh, mm-hmm. arriving. Mm-hmm. They'd be met Driven. With, a, with a cage. Yes. They would stand in the cage, the pair of them, and the cage would be dragged across the tarmac, <laughs> wouldn't it? It would. Lifted by... Onto a truck. Uh, onto the back of a truck. Driven to Melbourne. Driven to Melbourne. Uh they they would uh, the cage would then be dragged off the back of the truck to Marvel Stadium into Marvel Stadium and there they where be. they could be near the corner mm-hmm. still in the cage <laughs> yeah easily <laughs> done easily done <laughs> right. now and the kitty would have them in his corner I know it'd be great and what the tears the, the tears I've seen your old man yeah. in the cage in the cage and you're in your corner Sneezeby could work with that surely <laughs> now. In an intriguing <laughs> twist, mm. Yol Judah, the father of former dual world champion Zab Judah, who famously knocked out Costa Zhu two decades ago, go, will take Bill's place. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so they've so got no a, need for a cage. Well. Or does Zab Judah have to be in a cage? No. no he's no, all right. Yol Judah. Yol, I think, is how you oh, say Yol. the dad's okay. name. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't think he has to be in a cage. No. I don't think he's got four. Well, Yol's okay. Yeah, Okay. The stakes couldn't be higher, according to the uh, nine papers. Mm. Does Sneesby have any input into the nine papers? I'm sure he does. Yeah, okay, yeah, he would. So he's written this. The stakes couldn't be higher, given the winner will become just the eighth undisputed world champion across all weight divisions since the four-belt era was introduced in 2004. That can't be right, can it? Wow. Only eight. Only eight, wow. And there's a lot of divisions. And is this a lightweight? Uh, well, yeah, good question. I'm not I think sh- it is lightweight, but isn't okay. it good to see that lightweight belts united? Oh, it'll be a miracle. I, I've, it I just hate it when you've got, you know, your WBO, yeah. your WBA, your ABO, your ABO, your ABO. Just bring them together. Cambos has tried to help the Haney camp in the bid to have their full entourage in Australia so they wouldn't have any grounds to complain if they lose. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's the situation. It's not my fault. I'm not the Prime Minister of Australia. I didn't realise he had political ambitions. Wow. Uh, talk about changing the curtains. Well, Manny Paquio, he had uh, He had ambitions. senatorial ambitions. Yeah. I've actually reached out to a few high-profile pro- high people Good. who have connections in the government to try and help the situation. I who just would they be? Exactly. Who would they be? Who in the who in the current lineup yeah. is fight game compliant? 
I've no idea. If that's the right way to put that it. quiet. They certainly have. And why haven't, if they haven't talked it up now, why haven't they? Why haven't they? They've got something to hide. I know there'll be a whole lot of excuses once I destroy Devon about the father, about the trainer, about jet lag, about everything I've been trying to my best so everyone get get him in. Mm. But unfortunately, there's that's not my problem. I've already got all the team here. I'm ready to fight. Right. Well, at least one of them's ready to fight. How long's is he? How many days is he coming early? Yeah, I don't know. He he I assume he's week here. Or a few I days. assume he's here already. Right. I mean, he's, we're we're a week out from the fight. Right. Um, right. Well, we hope he's here. And uh, I, I think your cage idea is a very elegant solution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sends a, a, a message, you know, to, uh, you know, ne'er-do-wells who yes. uh, recanted uh, mm-hmm. and want to come here, that, that it is absolutely possible. And if it works, if there are no incidents, I can't imagine there would be any incidents, it could be something we might see a lot more of. The cage? Yes. Right. Yeah. So you might go to, I don't know, Sydney Theatre Company, see a show or something like that. The, the cage is distracting. <laughs> you think, oh, hello. We've got some dignitaries from overseas. Isn't that great? Wow, what a great. And why hasn't this been thought of before? I suppose in the old days they had a ball and chain to slow them up. <laughs> I suppose they did. I, I, you I just couldn't get away with that these days. But a cage, as long as it's comfy enough, you know, got somewhere to sit. Toilet? <laughs> and toilet, of course. Lodging on the Blind Side is again sponsored by the Queensland Pig Shooting Association, the New South Wales Duck Shooters Confederation and the Australian Shotgun Museum, Tamora, New South Wales. Now, we often dwell on this show on the toughness of rugby league players. I mean, people, the Americans are going to get shocked when they see how tough Australian rugby league players are. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't, pl- they play without helmets and padding. I mean, that shocks them already. And how about this? Now, <clears throat> um, Sean Russell. As we know, Sean Russell uh, was in real trouble earlier in the first game of the year where he was clobbered by, I think, a Newcastle Knight. Mm. I hope I've got that right. Mm. Uh, and uh, had to be taken to hospital. Uh, he's been helped on his in his recovery by uh, the Parramatta winger Sivo, who's really tested out his ribs. Uh, and when he resumed contact work, mm-hmm. Russell bagged a f- first half hat trick against the Gold Coast in round one before his knee in the back. Sorry, Gold Coast, not Newcastle, mm-hmm. uh, by fullback Gold Coast fullback Jaden Campbell. Right. The 19-year-old spent six days in hospital and suffered a panic attack on the sidelines of Combank Stadium when he could not breathe. Yeah. After being rushed to Westmead Hospital in an ambulance, one doctor told Russell he was a chance to leave the next day, only for the second doctor to perform a chest tube thoracotomy, yeah. where the tube was put through Russell's ribs and used to drain the air and blood from around the lung. Yes. Now, not yeah. once was Russell upset with Campbell. This is the guy who uh, clobbered him with the knee yeah. and was even stunned the youngster had been criticised for the tackle, which never wanted to charge. And I, at the time, went on a limb and said that that could be accepted now mm. because there was no charge, there was no penalty as good rugby league. Mm. Now, that's the sort of thing Americans are going to love. They are going to love that. That's all you'd have to put... I hope Bellamy saw that because that's the sort of thing he'd... Uh... Like to take cook advantage up. of, cook up, yeah. What was it, just knees straight in the ribs? It was knees straight in the rib and, and straight no through penalty. into the lung. No, no penalty. penalty. But then what we do is we put that up, show it from several angles and have Benny, you like that? Yeah. You're going to love rugby league. My name's Wayne Bennett. Yeah. 
that's not bad. Now, it's a bit of a blur because it's traumatic and all I remember is sliding in and then not being able to breathe. The physios were telling me to relax and try and breathe out, but I couldn't for a solid minute and a half. I started to panic. It was like I was winded, but a thousand times worse. And I had this stabbing feeling around the back. It's the worst pain I've ever had. Yes. Now, I got to, look, one thing he said, and I've got it, and I hope kids aren't listening because there is a a word, language warning, language warning, language warning. I didn't agree with all the shit that Jaden copped. Uh, he messaged me after the game. It's footy. I was trying to score a try and he was trying to stop me. I've definitely got no hard feelings there. Good, Isn't that good, good. And put that good, up. Good. Get the kid to say that. Yes. And show the tackle, Wayne Bennett, obviously. Yep. And there's more of that where that came from. Follow rugby league. Yes. I mean, these, I, these things write themselves. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. The uh, question I have each year is who was the clown, the doctor, who said he'd be out in 24 hours? I've got no idea. Has no that idea. bloke been spoken to? You know, in the past we got into trouble for bagging the Parramatta doctors. Mm. Oh, it was a Parramatta doctor, was it? I thought it was a doctor at the hospital. Uh, I may have been. You're absolutely right. Westmead Hospital. Yeah. No interest in rugby league? No idea. No idea. The Parramatta doctors wouldn't have allowed that to happen, no. even in the old no. days when they were rubbish. No, no, no. No. Thank God that second doctor was there. And saw who could see was. what the problem was that was essentially a, like a spontaneous pneumothorax where you've got a pocket of air sitting outside the lung and, uh, and uh, repositioning the, the muscles around the shoulder, which can be extremely painful. painful. And so re- you've got to remove that air, HG. You've got to remove that air. Now, that first doctor missed all that. I know. And imagine that being vision yes. with Wayne Bennett saying, you like that? Yeah. Plenty more where that came from. Sure. Rugby league. And you could probably see the X-ray of the tube going in to remove the air from the pocket. If you were a fan suffering from rugby league denial syndrome, you are not alone. Just reach out to bludging on the blind side. Now, let's come back to where we started, Des Hasler's comments. As you pointed out, Roy, at the start, uh, the, uh, in the match against the Eels the other night, Oh, yes, uh, the Eels got legged back into the game on the uh, disappointing, from Hasler's point of view, 9-2 penalty count, as well as the 2-0 rake infringement tally against his team. Now, Manly are the most penalised team in rugby league, oh. in the history of rugby league. Okay. They're, they're, everybody hates them, so yeah. the referees take that bias into the game. Yep. Fair enough. Now... Speaking yesterday after reviewing the match, Hasler remained incensed at the lopsided penalty count. Mm. The premiership winning coach was aggrieved when Manly were penalised when his players were only marginally offside, but Parramatta escaped punishment despite clearly uh, leaving their defensive line too early. Now, that is consistency is the aim here, but consistency is not something rugby league referees seem to understand. Well, the only consistency is that uh, Manly is punished. That's right. All Correct. the time. Correct. And can I just say, that's the way rugby league people like it. <laughs> now, this is why we're disappointed with referees. This is why Manly has the highest incidence of negative play against us, Asla said. Yep. But no one seems to listen. No one wants to do anything about it. No, no we wonder don't. it makes the teams frustrated. I don't know if it's the white and the colour and maybe we should put our uh, green on our jersey to make us stand out. Now, Purim, who was the person who was clobbered, who was left with bruising around the jaw after the tackle, said there was no bad blood with his opponent. However, he did make the point that uh, the kid didn't miss. The video tells the story. 
the call was made and you can't go back and change anything, but but the head is rattled, bro. It was crunch time. Manly were on their toes on the defensive line. I didn't see myself uh, getting to the corner, so I tried to pull up, but the field was due on top and the, the kid's a big boy and he came flying in. It happens. It's footy. There's no bad blood and he had to do what he had to do, but my head still feels a bit fuzzy. Manly flyer Reuben Garrick took a different view. A bloke is running 30 kilometres across the field in the wet conditions. A bloke slips, so I'm not sure where you're meant to go or what to do there. The mind boggles a bit. It penalty was the last straw that broke the camel's back. The offending player was not charged. Although there is contact with the head, the action was deemed was not deemed careless, said the Match Review Committee Chair Luke Patton. All oh, right, yes, yeah. The, uh, man so it was def- seen as just being an accident that, an accident. that couldn't be stopped, yeah, couldn't well, be avoided. Yeah, Is that what they're saying? <laughs> I think that's right. right. Manly defender is aiming at the body and uh, is on an upward trajectory. The ball carrier drops in height just before impact. The on-field penalty was considered f- sufficient action at the time. Yes, okay. Good, now, good. <laughs> as long as Manly was punished. <laughs> good. Uh, you know, do you think no one wants to do anything? Like, I, I mean, look, I take your point about the bunker and you've outlined this three-tier bunker thing, begin with Oberon and then going to Mora and Wagga. I like all of that, regional employment. But do you think that this will improve Manly's penalty ratio? What, uh, the, the, the fact that uh, the fact that Des has been fined... Well, I don't think so. No, Des got away with murder. Des with got that away fight. with murder. Twenty-five thousand. I'd, 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 yeah, I'd have fined him twice as much as that. Well, at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I would have got his whole coaching fee. Yeah, you know, sure. you're playing, you're coaching for nothing from now on, mm. Des. Give us the rest. Yeah, because uh, Manly, you've got to ask yourself why Manly is so loathed. Well, it goes back a long way, doesn't it? It does. Because they were f- financially head and shoulders above every other club for a long, long time and would pick the eyes out of every other club, especially Wests and Balmain. If anyone showed any, you know, was showed any form, showed, you know, showed promise, Manly would buy them. Can I put, go further than that? If the Broncos, the yep. Gold Coast Titans, you yep. know, the far north Queensland Cowboys yep. have been around, yep. they would have done the same to them. I suppose they would have. And you can see that now in the back yeah. in the history of, you know, yeah. what's his name? Humphreys used to be over there and, uh, you know, right. running the show. And uh, right. I think Zorba was there for a while that's and, right. you know, the modern era, the Pens. I mean, right. they were all at it. A, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. And and genuine rugby league people hated it and therefore hated Manly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think they've been punished enough for that behaviour yet. Maybe in four or five generations' time things might change. But for the time being, Des has just got to say to the team, listen, mate, listen listen up, everyone. We're hated. We're going to get more penalties blown against us. We've just got to live with it. Uh-huh. That's the manly way, living with being loathed. Nobel Prize winners who played rugby league. Lord Alexander Todd, Francis Crick, James Watson. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, uh, obviously this is a bit hard to follow this story, but uh, the AFL is awash with drugs. Yeah, you mentioned that. I found that hard to believe. I know, and I had to think, well, is this historically the worst it's ever been? Right. Sadly, Sam Fisher is the main person that supports this uh, view, Mm -hmm. but uh, on the couch 
Nick Rewald came out the other night and said, you know, he, it's massive. He seemed to indicate everybody in the AFL is taking drugs, really? moving them around, travelling in their bootfuls of gear everywhere across Australia, making fortunes out of it. And he blamed the lack of a pathway from home and away matches, the hostility and the violence of home and away matches to back to civilian life where you could take the shorts and jump her off. Yeah. Now, how did your playing career cope with the return to civilian life? Yeah. Was there a pathway in those days? No. Were you given guidance? And yeah. was it possible for the fellow players to say, oh, Roy, you've gone too far there, mm. you know, torching Grass's car, that don't work anymore? Sure, sure, sure. Look, I, I, I think I see there are stages you go through um, when you face retirement. Mm -hmm. When you've given your you've given your life to, say, rugby league, mm -hmm. it's been you've, you've lived and breathed it for so long and you know it's coming to an end. Um, the first thing that comes, I suppose, is shock. You're in shock. shock. You're in shock. Um, I remember when Stomp retired, uh, he still came to training. You know, yeah. He didn't know what to do with up. the time. He didn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. So he'd just hang around training, watching us, and then we'd, uh, you know, go and have a few beers. He'd come along and want to tell some stories and stuff like that, and then he kept coming. Then we had to, uh, you know, go somewhere else so that uh, – and then he started following us. So you'd have to keep your eye out in the rear vision mirror to see if Stomp was in the car following you. And then we'd say, oh, well, that's it, Stomp. We're not going to have beers tonight. We're all going home. He'd say, oh, okay. And then you'd, everyone would go home and then you'd wait to be to see which house Stomp was going to park out front of. And you knew if Stomp was there, you couldn't have go a few there. beers that night. There. So everyone else, after about 20 minutes, would realise, oh, phew, Stomp's not here, so let's go. They'd, yeah. all, they'd all get together. Yeah. So, so there, there was that. And uh, that that went on for a hell of a long time, trying to outfox Stomp until he uh, until he found other things to do. I think he bought a pub, um, and so then, didn't and have to that go gave him a you know. So anyway, you, you start with shock, and then you go into denial, and then you get reach depression. Mm -hmm. And when you're in depression, you can lash out, mm -hmm. and that's when you make bad decisions, right? Poor choices, like buying a house. Well, like like mixing with the wrong sort of people. Oh, okay. Mixing okay. With the, and, and becoming self-destructive and not caring. So you meet up with someone and they say, you know, oh, I, know, you I know someone who's uh, coming to visit in a cage. Interested? And you say, oh, yeah, what have they got in mind? Oh, nothing, just drugs and money. Interested in drugs and money and maybe carrying a gun. And for a lot of people, they think, oh, well, that, yeah, why not? I'll give it a go. Yeah. That's your Got mistake. Got nothing else to do. That's your mistake. That's your mistake. And then in the end, actually, you, receive, you arrive at acceptance mm -hmm. and hope. And you hope you arrive at acceptance and hope before you end up in jail. <laughs> That's the truth of the matter at the moment. There is no real no. pathway. And, and I think, actually, that, that in future, I think all retired, retiring players should be, should be closely monitored by and regularly visited by, say, your health services people, police. Police, yes. For at, least, for at least 15 years. Once a week, so a health professional knock on the door, mm. 
Hello, hey. Stomp, you there? What are you up to? What? Can I look in your boot? That sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, you're feeling all right? Yeah. Um, all right, I'll be back next week and the next day police are there. Hey, Stomp, what are you doing? You got a job yet? Get a job. Yeah. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. You know, that sort of stuff. Just yeah. keep an eye on it. Yeah, no, no, I understand. You I understand. Know? It's no big ask. Do you blame in the AFL matter, and of course time's going to get away from us, <laughs> yeah. in the AFL matter, do you blame the AFL? Do you blame I the blame pl- the AFL. Do you for... blame the Players Association? I do. Do you because blame they haven't clubs? set up they haven't set up a structure. A structure, yeah. Yeah, true. A structure. Mm. It is a it is a problem, isn't it? Because yes. if Nick Rewold's right, he is one of the few people yes. to have escaped from playing football mm. to a sane employment yes. on the couch. That's right. So it's a full time job. He's got to think about what yeah. he's going to talk about. Yeah, but not every player is going to get their own bloody show. No, no, I know. If I know. You're I know. expecting, you know, I'm just oh, saying, I'm going to finish get my own show. That doesn't happen. No, no that's true. I accept if that. you're relying on that, yeah, yeah. that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's a fact. Now, what's not going to happen is there'll be more Bludgeon on the Blindside this week. That's it. We'll continue these topics and others. I'm sure that'll bob up during the week. Remember, of course, you can get the podcast of the show uh, not long after and you can enjoy all the disappointment you've had over the last two hours all over again. That's something for you to look forward to in your own time. That's it from our time with you on Bludgeon on the Blindside. See you next week. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.